This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. on my mint. <laughs> Karen has this habit of putting a mint in as she walks like out the green room and yes. I was like, I'll do it too. And no, it's a huge mistake because it's still in my mouth. I forgot to tell you, I call it the mint challenge. The mint challenge? The mint challenge. You have to finish your mint before you start talking. It's really hard because a lot of mints are very solid mm-hmm. and they're very spicy. Mm. It's kind of like life, you know? It's a metaphor. For <laughs> you know what's crazy? <sighs> You guys. Hi. Listen, when they said, where do you guys want to kick off your fall 2018 tour? We said, we said, is there a place that's like hip and cool, but also has a lot of natural disasters? (laughs) That's right. We want a little over the radar, a little under the radar. We want there to be radars. Yes. Surrounding. I actually, I can't ever bring myself to leave my hotel room when we're on tour, but if I did, (laughs) what I really wanted to do was go out and buy huge galoshes and wear them on stage. Ooh, too soon? No way. Just right. Not for this podcast. three minutes late. (laughs) People are like, it didn't really affect us here. <laughs> this, this comedy doesn't matter to us at all. Don't group us in. It affected her. Yeah. <laughs> Scream if you barely made it here tonight. <laughs> but not just because you were tired and didn't want to get out. <laughs> there we go. We should have both started screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, I went, we, Vince and I went for a walk and we got into town yesterday and I have never been, I have never met so murder, many murderinos in a like three block radius. Yeah, represent. <laughs> All lovely. That's cool. One gal was like, come to my restaurant tonight. And I was like, that's how you talk to me. That's what I'm looking for. All I want in life is to be invited to restaurants. That's funny. You know what I did is I saw the stores, the really cool stores that we passed as we drove into town, and then I shopped at them online. 
serious? Yes. There was one store director like, we have to go there. And then I was like, I'm not fucking going there. <laughs> And I looked up, oh my God, what wonderful pieces they had. Everything cost 500 fucking dollars. Is this a Richie Rich town and we just don't realize it? No. Okay, then how does Vert and Vertical stay in business? Because everything there was five to seven hundred dollars. I won't go and I was going to buy it too. I won't go on a store that has on the dress on the mannequins (laughs) linen, like like when it's like linen-y and it looks not super form-fitted, which in my mind is like. Well, not a lot of work went into this then. Then it's like, no, this is the most expensive, like, hand-dyed linen. It's like, we imported it from the other side of Durham. And (laughs) so there's a a $400 linen tax on it. (laughs) And you were going to get something new because you, we thought it would be cold here. Yes. And we didn't know. See, laugh at us. On the news... Where I'm from on the news, where George and I live on the news, it seems to be very cold and wintry and stormy here. So I was like, see, we don't, we know earthquakes. I know an earthquake. You know what I mean? But we don't know hurricanes. No, it's not. That's not our speciality. So I was like, well, we see rain and we're like, that's cold. (laughs) Fucking no, not kidding. Not on the new earth. Earth version 2.0. It's fucking hot hurricane time, everybody. Donate to Greenpeace. We're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) It's for real. That's no joke. No, it's not a joke, but so funny. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Speaking of, this is my favorite murder of the podcast. Oh, yes. Hello. This is Georgia Hardstark. My hands are sticky. Your hands are a little clammy. I ha- I you know what I did? It's uh, along with the mint challenge. I like to do the throw on some nail polish two minutes before you walk challenge, right? And then you're like, then immediately I'm like, oh, I need something at the bottom of my purse. You know what I did? I painted my nails a little or like sooner. I was like, I got this. I'm not going to freak out. And then I put my hands through my hair. So now I have nail polish here. There's nail polish on my story. Sure. It's not blood. Um, and there's probably nail polish in my hair. A little bit. You have a light ombre. It's cool. <laughs> We're going to bring it back. That's right. Oh, my baby cousin is here. Oh, tonight. yeah. You're not her. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Maybe she knows her. She's not a baby, though. Don't worry. She's 19. But what if she had on the like baby headphones still? And her friend lifted her over his head. She's here. She's right here. She loves your work. I love it when my my like my cousins will come out because like it's you know they're she's in college here and everything and so then she goes back and tells my family like Georgia's not a loser she's yes. a big and she came back she's like people have your face on their shirts that's right <laughs> I don't think she's ever listened to the podcast <laughs> you're like could you call my mom and tell her please that I'm a success <laughs> oh don't include the crying in the call <laughs> Can I tell you, speaking of my parents, yes. do you want to know what my dad did? Yes. And why he's just lost his house-watching privileges? Uh-oh. 
That was fast. We've been gone for a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time my dad, sometimes my dad will watch the house, sometimes Steven will. Steven's actually taking over tomorrow, thank fucking God. Not because I'm kicking my dad out. Steven! Steven! He's not here. He's not here. Uh... So he always like my dad will like break something always whenever he stays like that's the price you pay which is you don't pay a price because you don't pay him you put all your Marty. good stuff way up high on the high shelves so Marty can't get to it yeah and he'll leave it out with like a note that's like sorry I broke this <laughs> so I don't know how to use mugs Marty <laughs> put your fingers through that handle part and well forget it just break it don't try to explain just break it um he he. So Elvis gets these pill pockets with his heart meds in them, and they are like cute little pill pockets. But Wait, what's a pill pocket for all the people oh. who are not don't know cat shit? It's a cat treat with a hole in it that you pay a shit ton of money for just a fucking cat treat with a hole in it, <laughs> and then you put the pill because cats are like Jesus. Have you ever tried to pill a cat? It's <sighs> nothing has ever stressed you out more in your life than fucking opening the jaws of cats. And dramming a pill in there. And Have you ever opened his jaw too wide? <laughs> like a boa constrictor just it detaches and comes apart? Then no. he- <laughs> You're never watching the cat. Uh- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we, put it, we make all his pills for the weekend. And we're like, okay, give him one a day, Dad. Like we put him in a drawer. Um, because Elvis, I guess my dad doesn't know this, is fucking insane. And he's knocked a sandwich out of someone's hand before to get to it. <laughs> No fucking joke. I love that guy. He's out of his mind, so you have to like hide the pill pockets or he'll eat them. He'll open the bag with his teeth and eat all the pill pockets. Guess what? Uh, uh. My dad left the pill pockets on the counter. He uh. ate them all. He's fine. Everything's fine. How many days worth of? Um, three. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's fine. I've talked to the vet. I've yelled at my dad. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's all been settled. This might make you feel a little bit better. When I was four years old... Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It's the same exact story. But there were no... It wasn't like there was a treat around my dad's heart medication. <laughs> no. I just ate them because they were pink. Blame you. And because no one watched me ever, <laughs> any time of the day, day or night, yep. everyone had their own shit going on. Yeah. I was like, fine, I'll go into the bathroom and eat some bathroom candy. How many? Well, my mom wasn't sure because she came in and I was sitting on the counter with like one hanging out of my mouth and she immediately screamed and took me to the emergency room and she was like, I was positive you were going to die. It's fucking adult heart Dude, medication. Dude, 100%. But... Uh-uh. That's right. Just fucking, I'm telling you. And she has the strongest heart to oh, this day. My of heart anyone. is that of a lion's. <laughs> uh, I actually do think, though, that is the thing about kids these days being like helicopter parented, is that I think we're making them very weak internally. Oh, by not poisoning them on yeah. the regular. You got to get a little poison in the kids. <laughs> you know, leave out a sip of detergent yeah no just a half a tide pod what uh send your emails to my favorite murder at gmail.com <laughs> complaints and concerns to <laughs> child welfare don't worry we don't have children <laughs> ever ever that's our guarantee to you <laughs> for you are our children don't worry i, I actually ate <laughs> each one of you has to take care of us when we get old 
when we are poor and confused later, it'll be for me. Tonight. It'll be like 10 years. Oh. Yeah. That's why I just eat all my birth control pills in one day. <laughs> yep, you just power 30 down. That's right. Like Elvis. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of proud of him, but my dad, not my dad, my cat. Yeah. <laughs> my dad is in big fucking trouble. <laughs> Here's the thing. If I were, I'm going to devil's advocate for Elvis right now. Okay. And be like, hey, guess what? For the past three years, you've been tempting me with a cookie every fucking Thursday and Sunday. Oh, yeah. And you set me up to love this shit. Oh, it's totally my fault. 100%. Oh, I, I was going to take part of that blame with you. Oh, you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. But, uh, but in doing so, I was going to attack you verbally as a cat. <laughs> I'm sorry. It got confusing. Oh, verbally. <laughs> I don't know the difference. <laughs> with my silver nails. Um... That's it. Oh, goodbye. No. Uh, tell us about your dress. Um, guys, listen. I forgot to lose some weight. <laughs> I do it every time. I've done it several tours in a row now. It's hard to remember. You've got a couple of months off. I lay around, and then I stand up, and I go to try on dress. I'm like, what's happening? Uh -huh. um, but here's the thing. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I just... And I don't mean that insincerely. I mean it like, it's time to have a good time. Yeah. It's, it's really... We, this couldn't be a more ideal situation in every way. And as I was pulling this fucking, what, essentially black tube sock of a dress on tonight, because I didn't go shopping before I left, I was like, I'll just bring that black one. Mm -hmm. And so... <laughs> I tried it on in my hotel room. And now I do... Here's the thing about me. Like the owners of Vert and Vertical, I love a large shift. I love something that looks almost like a hospital gown. Mm -hmm. And so... A muumuu of sorts. A muumuu with no pattern. Right. Yeah. Monochromatic muumas are my jam. So when I pulled this on, I was like, this is rough stuff for me. That is the furthest from a muumuu I have ever <laughs> It's pretty seen. tight. But what I did was I took the dress and then I just stretched it over the back of a large chair in my hotel oh, room. You mean yeah. you like put it over the I chair? I pulled it. Holy this shit. Part, oh my this God. This part was like all the way out like this. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And this is why you shouldn't spend $500 on a dress no, yet. No, no, no. In your life. I should only shop at Target for dresses. Yes. Uh, not right? There's, yeah, why wouldn't one? Essentially, they should be disposable. But anyway, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Even yeah, there's no pockets. Take I a like walk. it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here representing girls with huge tits and big butts. Look, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're all around you. I don't know why I'm yelling at them about it. <laughs> Let them know. Make it known. <laughs> Have it known. I got really threatening. Now let's take a look at your dress. Okay, this is a cute... I love it. Someone sent me this. You guys, sometimes you get shit for free when oh, you're a shit, podcaster. Y'all. That's, that's Beyonce stuff. Are labels asking Georgia to wear their clothes? Yes. Fancy free. Yes. <laughs> oh, my back. <laughs> uh, Joni oh, clothes. <laughs> Joni Clothing gave me this dress. So cute. I am so cheap. This thing probably costs 50 bucks, and I'm like, I'll be your spokesperson forever. <laughs> but I don't care. I really love it. It's and, great. Uh, I also, for the first time in like two tours, put on my Spanx for the first time. 
how do they feel? I feel good about it. <laughs> I feel fine about it. You said I feel good about it, but you couldn't get the air out of your lungs. <laughs> I feel very good. I like it. I like my girdle. This is how long it it's been. Good. It feels good to constrict my entire midsection. I'm lightheaded yet skinny. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Remember that noise that you heard when I was in the bathroom and you were putting on makeup? <laughs> yeah, it was this. It was Karen's getting ready and then it was a... Yeah, and like what that was was clock. my knee hitting the wall as I was pulling on this <laughs> weird bathing suit I have underneath this to smooth out my shape and really make me look like a harbor seal. I was just like, <laughs> Did you hear in the bathroom? I went to the other bathroom to get ready, which shared a wall. Did you hear me scream? No. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you did, because when I was pulling mine on and doing an elbow up thing, while I had wet nails, by the way. <laughs> I uh, did triggered the the sensor for the paper towel dispenser, <laughs> and it went at me, and I went ah! like it just scared the ever loving shit out of me. Guys, we're so excited to be on tour again. I can't tell you. It's the best. <laughs> There's all kinds of movements about it. We're, we're getting feeling good. We're gonna get so flexible. We're gonna get by the end of this tour. We're gonna be flexible and. I feel like at the end of this tour, this I haven't is the eaten tour. any barbecue yet, but I really want to. Oh so yeah, we got to do that. We've only we've only gotten fifteen thousand recommendations where it's like, <laughs> listen, I know other people have told you where to eat barbecue. Eat barbecue where I say eat barbecue. <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> and but we will. I do love that. I've looked at like three menus so far, different places, and every single one of them has fried green tomatoes on them. Yeah. This is my and pimento cheese. I didn't know. Yes. Both great movies from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pimento cheese was <laughs> the sweet corn fried green tomatoes. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a it's a series of movies where they just make a BLT. Yep. Of a really good BLT. A really good one. Yeah. Delicious. Hear us out. Uh, Look. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to really quickly name. It got quiet for a second, so everyone's like, I'll yell now. Um, I was trying to really quickly name the third movie, which would have something to do with, like, center cut bacon. But oh, then yeah. I just got, my brain got tired. Let's do maple bacon. Maple bacon? Yeah. Okay. All right. See? Shouldn't have done it. Uh, the baby gem lettuces. <laughs> Forgot it. <laughs> the third movie, baby gem lettuces. <laughs> hold on, hold on. The third movie, garlic aioli. Oh. It's not a funny joke to begin with, so why would the third version of it be good at all? <laughs> and they just named salad sandwich toppings. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Good. Great. Uh, oh, they shipped out our, our very special oriental rug. That's good. Yeah. We have that. Yeah, we got it cleaned for the we, evening. We demand a rug from Cost Plus at every show mm, we go that's to. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, Steven gets fired and we has should, to sleep on it. I wonder... <laughs> this is your new apartment, Steven. <laughs> I wonder if for this tour, we should get a different floor covering. Oh. A more irritating, bigger pain-in-the-ass <laughs> floor covering. It's a little like a, like a geometric shape. Let's give someone a seizure <laughs> from just the shapes happening in the pattern. Like a puzzle rug? <laughs> Like a little kid's puzzle rug? This is the personal side where we are just essentially talking to each other. We're working out the plans of this tour right now. <laughs> our, uh, our tour manager's on speakerphone <laughs> listening. Hey. Hello? Any notes? Should we sit down? Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. We love sitting down. 
Ooh. It's our favorite thing. Thank God it's a low high chair. We have our sweat towels. Sometimes the high chairs are fucking high. Oh, look. And unstable. Surprise mint. What? Oh. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's for Did later. You, oh, that's the mint you spit out that's earlier. <laughs> yeah. Thank, I hope. I always bring my glasses in case something good happens out in the office. <laughs> I want to be able to see it. And our Evian. We won't drink anything else. Yeah, we have a deal with Evian. <laughs> We just have a, kidding. We have a deal with the TV show that we just watched. What's it called? Evian? Where she puts vodka in that Evian bottle. Dark. dark. Yes. Sharp objects. Thank you. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I didn't hear anybody say it. I got it by myself. <laughs> you get no credit. Uh, this is a true crime comedy podcast. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. We talk about horrible things horrible. Um, in all different ways. It's complex. Um, it's all contextual. So sometimes we're laughing and sometimes we're very serious. If you've never been here, if somebody has forced you to this show against your will, like my we cousin. apologize. Like Eliza. My cousin. <laughs> like George's cousin. Um, what if she walks out? That'd be kind of amazing. I know. What if that was the goal of the 2018 fall tour, is to <laughs> infuriate family members? I've got some people she in She wore Charlotte. a white dress to my wedding, so she... <laughs> got to- what? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Called you out. It's okay. Uh-oh. She's young. She'll know how horrible the that was Generation Z don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't. They owe nothing to anyone. We've ruined the planet for them. And they're like, guess what? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. wear a white dress every day, Fuck motherfucker. You. you did this to me. I can't get a job. There's no money left. Everyone's a douchebag. That's right. I'm going to wear a white dress. Yeah. God, I didn't realize how much I love Generation yeah. Z. I'm going to marry into fucking Generation Do Z. It. Get a nice fucking 24-year-old up in my house. Do it. That might be what I need. Tell your friends. <laughs> Spread the word. Next is uh, our college tour, but it's just <laughs> Karen's husband tour. <laughs> Karen's future husband tour. Then we go into high school tour. Yeah. What? Oh, That's no. not allowed. I want you to have a husband who's under 21, and he can't come into our shows that we do in clubs. <laughs> he has to wait outside. I make him wait in the hotel room every weekend. Yeah. Mommy's going to go do a show. You stay here. <laughs> okay, you're first. Okay. Oh, we were in the middle of apologizing to people who have never heard this podcast. Oh, yeah. But, That's I mean, at this point, at pretty, this point. Pretty right on. Why not join us? Don't fight us. Oh, people were kind of talking about this. There was a little excitement in there. I just want to disabuse anyone of the notion. Do it. Phoebe Judge could not come tonight. We invited her. She was very excited, but she said in a message, not to me personally, but it was on social media, she said, I have to fly out of town and interview a mobster. (laughs) (laughs) Interview a mobster. That's the coolest excuse I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it also could be so fake, but still, I love her so much. Um, Of course you do, Phoebe Judge. But because she's not here, I just want to say, I'm Phoebe Judge, and that is criminal that she's not here tonight. (laughs) What the fuck? We came to your town. Yeah. 
There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. The murder that I'm going to do tonight, I first heard on the podcast Criminal. <laughs> um, which I know I've been doing a lot lately. I'm gonna, I swear to God, Phoebe, I'm going to stop. I'm stop biting your style very soon. Uh, but because we're here, uh, I'm doing the Lawson family murders. Ooh. Now, this is a, a North Carolina specialty, but it actually took place on the coast, um, but I'm doing it here tonight because it's kind of one of your oldest and most infamous murders. Um, I'm, not, I, I'm not doing that one. No. <laughs> I don't know why it sounded familiar, and I was like, I got this cold chill. <laughs> I was like, I asked Stephen if I could do this one, right? No. Okay. No, Stephen's supposed to be in charge of that. Yeah. Making sure that we don't do the same ones at the same time. He did. Although, at a certain point, it's just going to overlap, and who really gives a shit at the end of the day? (laughs) Generation Z! Um, Okay, so let's see. This starts out, uh, Charles Lawson was born in 1886, so it's not the same, right? No. No. 
Yours, yours 1980s, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 1886 in Lawsonville, North Carolina. Now, this morning when I reread this document, I was like, did I just write Lawsonville because his last name is Lawson? <laughs> and there's no such place. But I looked it up and Lawsonville does exist. <laughs> it's north of here. Um, so he was born in Lawsonville, North Carolina into a family of 11 children. Was the town na- named after? Why am I even asking? I mean, it doesn't matter. I wish I knew the family history. <laughs> But it doesn't seem like he comes from the kind of family that they name a town after them. Mm. And you'll see what I mean later. In 1911, at the age of 25, he marries a woman named Fanny Manning. No. Right? Does he? He does. Yeah. Cool. Maybe all of this is fake. Maybe this is a dream. Um, They start a family. They eventually have eight children. This is what everybody did back then. Um, Their kids were Arthur, Marie, Carrie, Maybell, James, Raymond, and Mary Lou was the baby. They had one son in 1914. He died shortly after birth, which was not uncommon back then, because back then, 67% of children died by age five. Holy shit! So you want to know what all the haunted shit is about, it's probably numbers like that. Yeah. Where... People are like, oh, if ghosts were real, why don't we have them all the time? Because there used to be a 67% mortality rate. Jesus. <clears throat> Sorry to yell at you. 1920, <laughs> Charlie's brother, Marion, uh, decides to move to Stokes County near Germantown, or Germantown. 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 Germantown, she said, the girl from the theater department. <laughs> The only one with the courage to correct us. (laughs) I can project too. So they move on down to Stokes County um, to work as tenant tobacco farmers. Uh, So Charlie and Fanny, they decide that this is his brother Marion. He does it first. Charlie and Fanny are like, we want to go too. So uh, in the next, they move down, and then in the next seven years, Charlie Lawson works hard. By 1927, he's saved enough money to buy his own tobacco farm out on Brook Cove Road. And I think we have a picture of the house. Um, oh, we get to do it ourselves. Yeah, love the best. this control. Now we got a lot. You sing. Look at that. That looks like it sucks to live in. Look at it. Just chicken wire. Yeah. It looks, you know, someday fucking chicken wire is going to become like the hip, new, cute trend. Yeah. And then I'm going to, then I'm done. And then they'll be like, I'm going to knock my house down and redo the Lawson family home (laughs) in the style of, the shabby chic style of Uh the Lawson family home. Mm, This was back before paint. Artisanal chicken wire. It also looks like it was before windows, too. Yeah. It was just like, we need a house, but let's not go crazy with yeah. the extras. We'll take a chimney, and that's fucking all. Looks like it was before happiness, too. Yeah. <laughs> the architect was like, I was thinking of unhappiness yeah, when yeah. I built this. It's pre-joy. It's a pre-joy <laughs> civilization. Okay. A pre-joy home. Yeah. With a short porch. Um, the mortgage payment on this home was $500 a month, which seems a bit steep when it you does. look at the fact that it looks like there's huge spaces between every board. <laughs> where Rats the, just go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did the house come with spiders, or <laughs> did you have to bring your own? Was it a BYOS situation? Okay. 
So $500, of course, back then uh, was a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, the equivalent, I don't know, $7,000 a month. Probably a lot. So he barely makes the mortgage every month. He's a tobacco farmer. Um, they, so they live a very simple, no-frills life. Uh, no extra money for anything. Um, not even birthday presents or Christmas presents. And in fact, one time a neighbor offered to give Charlie Lawson money so he could buy his children Christmas presents. Aww. And he replied, my children don't need Christmas presents. They, they have everything they need. Well, clearly, <laughs> Charlie, we see mm. <laughs> the extreme luxury your children live in. The word need and Christmas presents, I mean... No. They've got that board that I nailed up on the porch that they can lean against, and that's plenty for my children. <laughs> they have all the slivers they could want at our house. <clears throat> so... Still, friends and family would sneak um, candies and fruits to Fanny so that the children could have a little something on Christmas morning. But it was tough a tough life. And also, Charlie was a very strict father. Um, and he, of course, back then, whipping children was a very common practice. And he... Uh, <laughs> apparently enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> he liked to beat especially his oldest son, Arthur, and he beat Arthur until Arthur was a teenager. And then in the classic story that we've all heard, once Arthur was taller than him, the, then he came at him with the whip, and Arthur took the whip and broke it over his knee and said, that's the last time you're going to beat me, Dad. Shit. And, and <laughs> right? Charles is like, okay, that's fine. I'll just go over to the girls and beat them. Oh. So... Um, right, boo. Uh, so he, you know, he's, he's a strict old timey farming North Carolina dad. So sometime around late November, early December of 1929, Charlie Lawson tells the family they're going into town for a surprise. And once they're there, he buys them all brand new store-bought clothes, which was, like, unbelievable. And he also buys the younger children toys, mm. which, of course, they've never had. Um, and it's a huge deal. They're all kind of freaking out. But that wasn't it. Then he walks them over across the street to the portrait studio, and he has a family picture taken. And this was, back then... You know, photography was incredibly expensive. It was basically for the rich. So, you know, no, everyone's like, portrait studio, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> and here is the family photo. Wait, that's on me. Here's the family <laughs> photo that the Lawsons took um, late November, early December of 1929. Okay, that's Arthur on the far left. The, that's Arthur, you won't be whipping me anymore, Dad. Uh, kind of hot. That's Marie. She's... <laughs> Arthur's kind of hot, right? No, he's hot. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I didn't know if we were all going to say it or not, or if that's real. No, he's legit hot. Okay. Here, I mean, it's exciting when a guy wears a three-piece suit. Yeah. It seems like something's going to happen. Um, but if you look closely at this picture, like when you go home tonight, the way this picture turned out, his eyes are white. Yeah, yeah. So he also looks like he has laser beams for eyes. <laughs> Even hotter. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. And that's why his father stopped whipping him. Mm. That's Marie. She's 16. She's, oh. She is now, they talked a lot on that episode of Criminal about how, like, she looks so pretty and she's so yeah. basically hip and, you know, beautiful. And happy. Yes. More than anything. Happy compared to everybody else. <laughs> that joy Marie, somehow seeped in through those boards. That's right. She, that she stole it from her friend's house right. and brought it in herself. 
Jesus. That's Charlie Lawson, the father. He's uh, 43 in this picture. Right. And that's Fanny Lawson. She's 37. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm 38, everyone. <laughs> I'm 50. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm 48. I just like saying 50. It's easier. Um, but, yeah, when I saw that picture, I was like, why do I have low self-esteem? Look at fucking <laughs> Fanny Lawson. Um, we, we shouldn't tear each other down to build ourselves no. up. This is not a race or a competition. It's not a competition, but if it happened 100 years ago, then you're allowed to do it. Okay. <laughs> then on the bottom, that's Carrie and uh-huh. um, the little boy there that is Raymond. He's two years oh, old. look at how cute and he is. And that's Maybelle. She's I seven. love her haircut, and I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a really good... Yeah. That is a legit bowl cut. That's those a bangs. mod, a little mod page boy thing. Yeah. Doing it. That's when children held still because they were so scared. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then that's James. He's four. Aww. So that's the Lawson family. And... And so this was a very big deal that they got this picture taken. So Jesus. I'm going to leave that picture up. <clears throat> oh. A couple weeks later, on Christmas morning, 1929, Fanny got up early and she was making everybody breakfast. It's Christmas morning. Obviously, it's a big deal. Charlie and Arthur were out doing chores so they can get everything done for the day. Um, and Marie is rolling her hair by the fire. Um, she has a date later that day with a young man who was taking her to the Christmas celebration at church. So she was all excited. Fanny um, then made a layer cake, which was a very, very big deal to this family because it was Christmas. And um, she iced it and she tops it. She sprinkled raisins on top of it and she put it on the table. Raisins on a cake. I know, I know. (laughs) Like, I, I... But, like, in 1929, raisins were like raisinettes. Maybe if it was a carrot cake, I'm on board. Still, if you were to see it, if someone was like, I made you a cake, like what raisins on it would yeah. make you go, like, Why'd oh. you let a mouse shit on my cake? It's <laughs> the first thing I would say to someone giving me a cake right out of my mouth. Okay. Yeah. So after the chores are, the little kids are down playing by the fire with their new toys. Um, the chores are done. Charlie and Arthur decide they want to go rabbit hunting because the forest is right behind their house. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Arthur notices, he notices he's low on ammo. And so he says, do you have any, he asks the dad if he has any ammo. Dad says no. He goes, okay, well, I'm going to walk into town. And I think he did a little, he did a little target practice first, then realized he was running out of bullets. And he said, okay, I'm going to walk into town and get some more. Um, so he heads into town and Charlie walks into their barn, the tobacco barn. Charlie is the dad. Charlie's the dad. Okay. It, Arthur is the son, even though he has a dad name, he's the son. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. And Charlie has a boy name, but he's the bad dad. Okay. <laughs> So Charlie's up in the tobacco barn um, where he also, just by the way, by chance, I'll tell you this now, is where he keeps his shotguns. And uh-uh. um, so he's up in there. Now, the two middle girls, um, Carrie and Mabel, they're going to go over to their aunt and uncle's house for the Christmas visit. So um, they leave the house and uh, they go walking down the road to their aunt and uncle's house, and this is where uh, Christmas Day takes a horrifying turn for the Lawsons. Uh, what the girls don't know is that as they wa- walk past the tobacco barn, that their father is lying in wait for them uh, with his two shotguns. He shoots both girls. 
Then he walks over to their bodies laying in the snow and bludgeons them both with the butt of his shotgun. Holy to make sure that they're dead. Fuck. Yes. Um, then he pulls their bodies into the tobacco barn and he crosses their arms over their chests and he places flat stones under their heads like pillows. And he takes his shotguns and then he walks over to the house. Now, because there was so much gunfire that day, and it's a normal thing on a farm, especially back then, um, it wasn't alarming to hear gunshots. Um, Oh my God. So when Charlie, so Fanny was out on the porch getting wood and she sees Charlie walking toward the house with his two shotguns and it isn't until she sees he's close enough that she sees this wild look in his eyes that she realizes something terrible is happening and she turns to run into the house and he shoots her in the back and she falls dead in the doorway of the house. So just by looking at him she was like something's fucking off. Well I mean that's what this story said but that's a first person experience that I'm not sure how the author of the story would no, that is a good point. And everyone involved in that moment of the story is dead. So it could be conjecture, but it sure is a fun picture to paint. Oh, because yeah, you just don't want that guy with a wild look in his face. Uh-uh, like, you don't want gun. that coming at you. Mm-mm. Okay, so it's easy to imagine. All right, so. Um, Again, he steps into the doorway and be, he does this with all the family members. It's awful and really horrifying. But he bludgeons, after he shoots them, he bludgeons them with his gun. So he is like, it's overkill like crazy. He's making sure they're all dead. Um, so he does that to Fanny in the doorway. Well, Marie is inside the house and she sees all of this. She starts screaming. Um, and he shoots her as well, does the same thing, bludgeons her. The four-year-old and the two-year-old run and hide. One hides under the crib and one hides under the stove. He shoots them both um, and bludgeons them both. And he also kills the baby. It it is fucking horrifying mayhem. And it's the beginning, like, of every horror movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, So he, again, drags the bodies over to the fireplace. And he crosses their arms over their chests and puts stones under their heads um the fuck yeah and then uh he but he actually raymond's body stayed behind the stove so when charlie lawson was walking back up to the house to kill his family what he didn't realize was there was a little neighbor boy who had been there playing with with the kids and he had just walked out of the house so as he's like walking up the road he sees charlie shoot (gasps) fanny and he and then he hears the screaming and everything and so he just fucking takes off running and he gets to his house and he tells his parents Charlie Lawson is killing his family. Oh so my God. Immediately, like the neighborhood posse, everyone grabs their shotguns and everyone gets together. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. I can you imagine your little kid running in and be like, what's up, mom, dad? Yes. This dude's fucking killing his family. But it's Christmas morning, so his mom's like, honey, why won't you put your jacket on? And she's yeah. like, no, 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 no. I'm busy um, with raisins on cakes. <laughs> First thing he says is, Mom, Dad, they put raisin on a cake. (laughs) No, no, also, wait. (laughs) But there's something else. Okay, so then 
all of this happens so fast, and of course, you, as fast as you would imagine, when the, when the gossip is not someone fucked somebody else, but in fact, uh, Charlie Lawson just killed his whole family, everybody hears about it immediately. So Arthur, in town, buying his bullets, mm. overhears people saying, oh my God, Charlie Lawson just murdered his whole family. <gasps> and Arthur Lawson says, it can't be, I just saw all of them. And so he, someone takes him, and they rush back out to the house. So... Um, Charlie's brother, who had also been out hunting, also was told of this. So he rushes over to the house and he jumps up on the porch and... Uh, You've seen the porch. You've seen the porch. Um, <laughs> he gets up on the porch and he actually has to keep all these people from entering the house because everybody wants to go inside. Yeah. And he stands on the porch with his shotgun and, uh, and keeps basically everybody at bay until the police arrive. Now, another neighbor who actually entered from a different direction where he passed the tobacco barn first is walking, now remember it's Christmas Day, so there's snow, he's walking and he sees a huge pool of blood in the snow Uh -uh. that has drag marks and tracks all the way to the tobacco barn. Uh -uh. So this neighbor, this poor person, goes in, opens the barn door, and finds Carrie and Maybell lying inside, dead, also with their arms crossed over their chest and stones under their head. Um, And this is about the same time that the sheriff finally arrives. So the sheriff's... uh, uh, and the deputies, I don't know what they, how it broke down back then. <laughs> Sheriff and a couple of his good, good friends <laughs> that he trusted. Um, they show up and they enter the Lawson house. And of course, it is it, like a scene out of everyone's worst nightmare and incredibly bloody. There is mm. apparently blood everywhere. Um, so... Arthur finally gets back from town, and as he's approaching, he can see his mother's feet through the doorway. And he starts freaking out. He tries to fight through the crowd to get into the house, and all of the neighbors keep him from going inside so he doesn't see what's in there. Um, And it's around this time that everyone realizes that no one knows where Charlie is. (gasps) And so they gather up all their, what I would imagine to be 65 shotguns, and (laughs) they start searching for Charlie Lawson. Yeah. So... Charlie Lawson, once he finished laying out his family, went out the back door and walked into the woods with his dogs. And he took his, uh, one of his guns, um, he had beaten his family so terribly with one of his shotguns that the barrel was (gasps) bent. So he left that on the floor and he took the second good shotgun out into the woods with him and uh, wandered around for a while. And apparently he ended up landing at this tree and he ended up walking in circles around the tree over and over. Uh, It said talking to himself, but again, I I believe that might be a bit of illustration, but (laughs) it would make sense. You'd just be like, holy fuck, Uh, I'm insane. His dogs, they could tell afterwards from when they found the area um, that his dogs just laid in the snow watching him as he did that. And he actually at one point tried to set up a contraption in the tree so that he could shoot himself in the heart, but he ended up not using it. Then he tried to write two suicide notes on the backs of receipts that he had in his pockets. And they were both just, you know, half written. One had the phrase, troubles can cause on it. Uh -uh. And the other had the phrase, no one to blame. What? Those are so much more creepy than like an actual sentence would be somehow. (laughs) 
Well, and also, on that but, second one, Charlie, sorry, I know. Oh, quick reminder, <laughs> you're to blame. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is all on you, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, he finally pulls the trigger and kills himself, and when the search party, um, the, the way the search party ends up finding him is they see these dogs coming running out of the forest, oh. so they just track um, the dog's path back to the body of Charlie Lawson um, at, at the base of the tree. So at the funeral, the Lawson family is dressed in their brand new clothes that they had worn in their family portrait. Oh. Yeah. Is that um, why he bought them? What? Do you think that's why he bought them? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of theories because, um, you know, everyone, you know, they talk about that everyone looks so unhappy and so uncomfortable in this yeah. picture. So you don't know if that's because it's lately, and, and we'll get into like the theories of why it happened. Yeah, okay. But one of the theories is Charlie Lawson, when he was working on the tobacco farm, fucking hit himself in the back of the head with a pickaxe. <gasps> And gave himself, this was like a couple months before the murders, and gave himself a head injury. And of course, as we've heard 1,000 times, after that, his personality yeah. changed and he became really vo volatile and really violent. And so, that there's a possibility that, like, that from that moment, something, sure. you know, it could have been that. Okay. Um, but we don't, there's just no way to know. Right. Or if, you know, he spent the morning with his son, like, you know, doing target practice. So that would really be such a split if he yeah. was able to just kind of hang for a little while and then, like, who knows? The, the, that's the mystery. Okay. Um, they were laid out in a family plot that was nine feet by 21 feet, so it could hold everybody, mm. uh, in the Browder Cemetery. Um, and Fanny was buried holding baby Lou, ba oh. baby Mary Lou in her arms, yeah. And they also exhumed the body of the son that had died in 1914, and they buried him with the family as Oy well. Vey. It said that 5,000 people attended the Lawson family funeral. So, of course, it's, it's somebody killing their whole family. It yeah. was the most infamous thing that had happened in the area in a long time. Um, and of course, because of that, people start showing up at the Lawson family home because murderinos have been around forever. <laughs> it's, we didn't start this, guys. Yeah. It's been uh, it's a long-held tradition of looky-loos and what the fuck. <laughs> I, I need to see that shit for myself. And this is kind of inappropriate, but like, don't tell me what, you know, is yes. interesting. Right, exactly. Right? <laughs> I'll go find out for myself. Yeah. Don't feel weird. Um, they... At first, Charlie's brothers were, stood on the old porch and, again, guarded the house because people, of course, were trying to go in and take, like, memorabilia mm -hmm. from the house. Um, Chicken wire. Yeah. <laughs> I want a sad board from this horrible yeah. house. You know what would make my house look great? A sad board this from this This horror house. board. Yeah. Um, but then they realize that somebody has to keep paying this $500 a month mortgage, so they end up um, putting a fence around the house, and they put advertisements no. in the uh, uh, statewide papers um, saying uh, that it's a tourist attraction, you can come and look at the murder house. And they charge people 25 cents a head. What, now you're against it? You fucking <laughs> love this shit. Make that noise. <clears throat> they charge 25 cents a head and let people walk through the murder house. Now here, to me, this is one of the, of one of the creepiest stories I've ever heard. This is a, one of the creepier aspects of it. Yeah. 
that when they went to clean up the house, the brothers had to do the crime scene cleanup themselves. So, and the, there was so much blood, and it because it was December, it had frozen to the floor. Oh. So the brothers had to go in with a hammer no. and break up all the blood oh and shovel it out, and then they buried it in the backyard. Oh no, like it's brittle or something. It's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then a black rose bush grew. Oh. Wouldn't that be? That's the horror movie. Yeah. That's when we fictionalize. Gee whiz. Everything inside the house, aside from that blood, everything in the hu- inside the house was exactly as it was the day of the murder, including the fucking cake no one had yet <gasps> cut into. That's why I talked about the cake so much. You knew, you knew that was foreshadowing. I didn't. <laughs> you didn't know? No. You didn't see it coming? And I just thought it sounded gross. Okay. Here's what you're going to love. Okay. People start stealing the raisins off the top of the cake. Yeah. They have to put that fucking cake under glass. Because everybody wants a little horrible piece of memorabilia from this horror house. Literally a raisin is a horrible... It's bad enough that it's a raisin from anywhere. Why did I zero... Someone's hand, a pocket. (laughs) A cake. Oh, my God. Isn't that insane? Uh... The only, oh, I said that already. In 1930, the year after the murders. This, so this was, of course, huge. The, a band called the Carolina Buddies, which I know is on your Spotify playlist right now. <laughs> they released a song called The Murder of the Lawson Family. And it was, what was the it about? Mo- one of the... Mo- <laughs> she said, what was it about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you really underplayed that. It was good. <laughs> Um, what was it about? It was one of the most popular songs in the nation. So like it, and it was one of those you know old country songs. It was like they came here, yeah. they just and tell he, the story. They literally just read off this paper. <laughs> They're fucking. He was born what in Mossville in 1908. What if this was just the lyrics of that? <laughs> the story she's told from here. I printed up the lyrics. <laughs> Of the Carolina Buddies, they're one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I liked them before you did, and but basically that's how everyone got to know this story and the people in the area. That's how they passed the story down from generation to generation. Shit. They sang this song to the children, and in this oh, you want a lullaby? <laughs> oh, you can't sleep. You want mommy to sing is you it, a song? Is it nighttime? Okay. <laughs> they came from her. <laughs> God. Uh, so listen to this episode of Criminal. It's called The Portrait. And um, they play the original song by, they? by the Carolina Shit. Buddies. The fucking Carolina Buddies. Someone needs to remix it, please. That's my. Steven! <laughs> please. <clears throat> um, okay. So basically. This, this story of the Lawson family murders has lived on for a long time, at least in this area. Um, so there's, of course, a lot of town gossip as to why it happened. Okay. And one of the more insane rumors was that Charlie Lawson had gotten caught up with the mob. Um, Do they have the big mob back then? I d- here? In North Carolina? Yes. Oh. Okay. I think it was the, the Gambini family ran that part of Gam- Gambono family, ran... Um, 
that they people said that Charlie had seen something that he wasn't supposed to see, and mm. so they staged the entire murder. It's and never set the him mob. Up. It's not. It doesn't. They don't do it that way. No. They're, I don't think the mob is super that into bludgeoning unless they have to. Right. <laughs> and like children. But it's not but, their style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Defending the mob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please don't hate me. Could we please be nice to the mob for once? <laughs> they do protect people. Um, uh... That, that theory, I think people came up with that because it would explain how all of a sudden he had all this pocket money to be like, toys oh, for yeah, you yeah. and dresses for you, but there's absolutely no proof of it, and, and it's really written, out, it's written off as town gossip. Um, the head injury, uh, of course, is also a theory, but after, um, you know, after the, after when the autopsy was performed, is what I'm trying to say, um, the doctor removed Charlie's brain and inspected it to see if there was actual brain trauma from that accident mm-hmm. that would explain the attack, uh, but there was nothing found. And so he preserved <gasps> the brain and sent it to Johns Hopkins cool. to see if they could fucking find what was wrong with his brain. And the doctors there said it was inconclusive that there was nothing overt on Charlie Lawson's brain that explained why he would suddenly snap and attack. I mean, aside brain. from that giant pickaxe hole in the middle of there it, was there was nothing. There was half an inch of pickaxe still in there but they said shit man inconclusive what about like chemicals from the tobacco tobacco probably had chemicals in it then right no that was back when tobacco was really green and (laughs) when it was just American spirit brand everywhere fucking hippie style vegan it was all vegan it was gluten free (laughs) Mm -hmm. now this is fascinating the, there was a dark family secret that no one knew and didn't come out until 60 years later. Uh-huh. When um, Stokes County locals Trudy Smith and her father M. Bruce Jones, um, they had heard the story for so long and they knew people. They knew people that had gone to the funeral. They knew people who had gone and took, taken a tour of the house. And so they decided to collect up all the information, verify it, and write a book about the Lawson family murders. And right before they were going to go to press... Um, it was a member of the Lawson family, it's anonymous as to who did it, Mm -hmm. called them up and said, I know why it happened. And this was in 1990. And she told them um, that 16-year-old Marie Lawson was pregnant (gasps) and the father was Charlie Lawson. (gasps) I mean, the part I don't like about this is when they're like... (laughs) I mean, obviously, aside from... We don't have to pick just one I'm thing not, we don't like about this story. What I'm saying, aside from that, is that they were about to go to press, and their publicist was like, this is kind of boring, we need more information. And they're like, well, we just happened to get a call last night. A ring, ring. From the Lawson family, who were like, but here's the thing. Yes. I'm. Are you calling bullshit on Trudy? Because <laughs> I, will, I will let her know. However, well, he no. looks like a fucking dick, so. Um, well, here's the thing, though. That... Because they were their uh, consummate professionals, they had this co-op corroborated. <gasps> Marie's best friend was a woman named Ella Mae Johnson, Ella and Mae. she had a sleepover with Marie uh, <gasps> like two weeks before the murders took place. And uh, Marie confessed to Ella Mae that not only was she pregnant by her father, but that Charlie told her if she were to tell anyone about the baby, quote, there would be killing done. Ella is like, I wish you hadn't fucking just told me that. 
We're trying to have a sleepover, smoke some butts out the window, curl our hair. Yeah. Shit. So that dude. is fact, fact. Um, okay. I'm sorry I called the, the family a Trudy, liar. You're, you're sorry. sorry. Say, say, I'm sorry, I'm Trudy. Sorry, Trudy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so don't worry about Trudy because Trudy Smith and her father self-published the book. They called it White Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Amazing. Self-published it in 1990. They originally published 5,000 copies, immediately sold out of all 5,000. So then they um, published, I think, 10,000 more, 10 or 15,000 more, also all sold out. Um, It's it was such a popular book, and it's a story that so many people you know are interested in, and it's a part of the history of this area. Um, the book is now out of print, but you can get it on Amazon for $165. Holy shit! <laughs> All you, I'm only talking to the rich people right now. <laughs> you can get it. Wow. Okay. Now these are just, a, I'm just three more factoids that I find of interest. Give it to me. Okay. Arthur, the only remaining living original Lawson family member, mm-hmm. um, he got all that money from the house tours. So well, okay. that's cool. Um, he then, but here's the set, some sad things. He fell in love with a girl, asked her to marry him, and the girl's family would not allow her to marry him because of the murders and because he was from the Lawson family. Um, but he later found someone else, fell in love, got married, had kids, and then tragically, he died in a car crash in 1945. Oh, man. Really young. I think it was in his 40s. Um, okay. Less sad, more interesting. In the 70s, the Lawson house collapsed. Ooh. <laughs> Took that long, huh? <laughs> no, it, that architect did a pretty good job with that sadness. Yeah. You just wouldn't believe how architecturally sound despair is. Yeah. It'll just... It's cement-like. Yeah. At times. But we can chip away. No, all right. Um, it collapsed. I just like the idea that people are like standing in that farmyard and just in one fail like swoop. Paul Abdul video where they, the whole pyramid goes down at once. I'm 50. Um, <laughs> Woo! Uh, okay, so they haul off all the wood of the, that, belo- that goes with the house and they took down the barn as well because they're like, that's about to collapse. Mm-hmm. They take all that wood. They build a bridge oh. on a place called Payne Road, oh. which the, the, the internet argues is also called Edwards Road or maybe now is called Edwards Road. Now... It collapses. No, but... The bridge is haunted. Yeah, of course it is. So, so, uh, so claims the locals who drive across it and say that if you drive across, or if you did drive across this bridge and turned your car off and whistled Dixie, <gasps> the car would not turn back on. <gasps> and sometimes you would hear either a woman screaming, children laughing. Nope. Nope. And well, how about this? No. Condensation on the windows and then little nope. child's handprints. No. Showing up in the fucking moisture. If you had to pick one of those, what would you pick? One of those are going to happen to you. What would you pick? Oh, handprints 100%. Really? Yes. Because it's the scariest? Yes. Oh. Why do it? That's if weird. If you're not going to fucking. I have a question. What the fuck is whistling Dixie? I thought it was just a saying. It's like a long wheat woot. <laughs> I'll do it for you later, but we can't do it in a theater. That's bad luck. That's right. I am from the theater. What? Um, 
Okay. The bridge has since been torn down. Okay. I know. Because you guys are going to drive out there, huh? <laughs> totally That's where drive. the meetup afterwards is? Mm. Mm. Rave on the haunted bridge. <laughs> also, Payne Road, I think some people were cheering because Payne Road, there's a, other stories around that area. There's some other uh, murdery family shit that happened around there. Um, but Change the name of that I've already. <laughs> they changed it. Oh, you mean from Payne? Yeah. Okay. To Pleasure Road. <laughs> Here's my favorite. That infamous Christmas cake. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was on display inside the house under glass was eventually auctioned off when Ew. people stopped going to the murder house and a woman named Myrtle Brown bought it. Myrtle. And she reportedly took it and threw it into the woods. <laughs> She'd had it with that cake. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. fucking hate families getting murdered. What if when she got home after that, the cake was sitting on her <gasps> fucking table? And all the raisins has, had come back. Every last raisin. In a fucking satanic thing on it. <laughs> a, a pentagram? Thank you. A pentagram of raisins appeared. This is our, now my new ending to the story. And a pentagram of raisins appeared on Myrtle Brown's cake. So she took it and threw it into the woods. <laughs> That's not a solution, Myrtle. It's just going to lay like 15 feet away from you in the woods. And some poor animal's going to come eat it, and it's been sitting out for so long, you're going to, it's going to get And that's sloshous. when the satanic raccoon was born. <laughs> I'll kill you. I'll kill your garbage cans. And that's the legendary story of the Lawson family murder. Great job. Thank you. Uh, Goodbye. I'm scared to... All right. Sorry, I left that up the whole time. That was kind of heavy. Great job. Great job. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay, I actually wanted to... Uh, this is like on my very long list of murders I've wanted to do on the show before. So when Stephen sent us the email where he just has to list murders for us because we just can't we make him please uh this was on it and i was like well i'm gonna do this one uh so, so i just hit myself in the face with the mic <laughs> i've done it like three times yeah, on it's, my fun. it's really fun it's microphones are fun this is the bitter blood murders mm. 
I have never heard of this. It's known as America's Most Bizarre Story of Crime, and the book that a lot of this information is from is called Bitter Blood by jo- uh, Jerry Bloodsoe, and he's the one who like coined the, the name of it. This is like the Bitter Blood, but he made that up. Okay. Good. Oh, and I also got a lot of information uh, as I did my makeup tonight and listened to a podcast on double speed because I was running late. Uh, it's a podcast called Once Upon a Crime by Esther Ludlow. Nice. That's, I listened to that one. It's good. It's good. And she had all this info, and I'm like, where'd she get this? She's a really good researcher, and yeah. I respect that, but I don't do it. <laughs> uh, so this is a crazy story of a crime spree that involved wealth, power, mental illness, and Karen's favorite, incest. Yes. <laughs> That's my jam. <laughs> And it ends in the violent death of four generations of people, uh, and it took place over 30 years ago. So let's start with uh, Susie Newsom. So she's this smart, beautiful girl. She's born in Reedsville, and she's... Right. Amazing place. <laughs> and so she's from this super prominent family. Her dad was a tobacco executive. Yes. Tonight's theme is tobacco. Um, so they're rich as fuck. They're like this prominent family, like, you know, stuff that we just don't understand in California. Uh, her- Richness? <laughs> what? No, like, you know, like family wealth. Oh, yeah. Shit that you just find in the South, I guess. It's just like. Right. Like generations and generations yeah, of rich like, people. Did you know she's from the Kel Gareth family? Like, we don't have that there. No way. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we hear the Kilgariffs are here. Lock up the beer. <laughs> is usually what happens around my last name. Um, so everyone's like, you know, her aunt, for example, is, uh, and it's also her namesake, Judge Susan M. Sharp, who had become the first woman in the country to be elected the head of the state Supreme Court. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Susan Sharp? Yeah, Auntie Judge Susan Sharp. She's widely recognized as one of the most respected women in America. Shit. And um, so Susie's named after her, but Susie, little Susie, is just spoiled as fuck. When she was born, uh, she had a little heart murmur, so the doctor was like, don't let her cry or her heart will go crazy. So they just like gave her whatever she wanted so she wouldn't cry, which <laughs> has to be fun for the parents. That's second only to eating a pentagram cake is to making someone <laughs> evil. Yeah. That's exactly right. Oh, that's bad. Okay. Um, During her childhood, she grew up in Winston-Salem. You know. She would have these fucking insane temper tantrums, probably because she was used to getting whatever the hell she wanted to. Um, So her heart was fine, really. (laughs) I think so. Okay. Like, we all have a heart murmur. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Right? Yep. But her, so her mother, this could not have been good for her heart. So her mother, when she'd have these like fucking crazy temper tantrums, her mother, to get her to calm down, to not upset her heart, would just douse her with cold water. <laughs> Dude. What? Just, I think, douse her with cold water in the face. I don't know where, but let's say the face. Well, you know, my sister always said that her trick with Nora when Nora was a baby, she said, when you have a crab, put him in water. So anytime that oh. Nora was crying, she just put her in the bathtub. Huh. And it, she said it worked. I doubt it was ice cold water. No, I bet it wasn't. <laughs> she's not like that. And she's not rich. <laughs> okay, so, but Susie's beautiful and smart. Uh, she goes to wake... And cold. <laughs> freezing all the time. 
Um, but she's very demanding. She uh, becomes obsessed with the royal family and had these fantasies of being royalty. And it says that like in the in this stuff, like it's a bad thing, but like all of us did that pretty yeah. much. So it's not that you crazy. You had no choice in the 80s. Right. But I think she became obsessed. Um, this isn't the 80s yet. This is the 70s. Oh. So it's crazy. She was an early adapter to the yeah. royal family. That's amazing. So Susie goes to Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem. There she meets... Uh, the fighting? Wakeboarders. Yes. God, they're such a good team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's exactly right. She meets a dude. She marries him. His name's Tom Lynch. Tom's two years younger than her, but she sees him in his basketball uniform, and she's like, gotta have that. That's right. That's... Because, you know, they had those tiny shorts then, too. So you're like, <laughs> and like knee-high socks. That's going to be mine. She's like, I, I want that silky motherfucker for my own. <laughs> and she's into younger dudes like you. Yes. She was like, that's mine. Um, but he also came from a prosperous family new, near Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so Dolores was Tom's mom. And she didn't like... It, it, okay, there's a made-for-TV movie called In the Best of Families, Marriage, Pride, and Madness. And in it... Yes! I don't want to talk ill, because I don't really know this is a made-for-TV movie, which means some of it might not be true. What? But Tom's mom comes off as a like, major cunt and hates Susie right away. <laughs> Do you, I, but I don't know... I, can't speak for that. Do you know any of the actresses or who played who? Well, oh. as a matter of fact, thank you. Turns out I know you well <laughs> and know what you like. You know what I want to know. So Susan is Susie's played by Kelly McGillis. Yes, of Top Gun fame. You know oh. her. And um, Tom is played by Keith Carradine, a nice young, <laughs> a young Keith Carradine. Yes, so hot. So yeah. Um, so but but whatever the point is, whoever was a cunt and not Dolores and Susie <laughs> did not like each other from the fucking get go and uh, they showed open disdain for each other and after they married though they married anyways because they were like but we're in love yeah you know and uh, they get married they moved to Kentucky so Tom could attend dental school and Susie soon becomes pregnant with the first child James who's born in 1974 and Susie tells her step uh, her mother-in-law Dolores who comes into town to see her grandchild that she needs to make an appointment with her if she <gasps> wants to see her grandchild and go stay in a hotel room goodbye closes the door oh okay there's like they don't like each other and and Dolores did not throw a cup of cold water on Susie after <laughs> she said that she didn't know the cold water trick she didn't know it yet unfortunately um, and a year later they have their second child John and actually I think I have a photo let's see what this first photo is okay so oh. that's that's Susie uh, and those are the sweet boys. Look at her, look at her haircut. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, oh, and look at this fucking rattan chair they're sitting in. Yeah, that's in. kind of amazing. <laughs> Truly. It is. The that was, is it the 70s or not? The 70s, we were all on Fantasy Island. It was fucking <laughs> nutso. Okay. They move. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. So they have the kids. And then Tom decides to move the family to Albuquerque, New Mexico to start his uh, dental practice. But they move there and Susie's like, fuck this place. Don't they know who I think I am? I think I'm royalty. <laughs> Hates it there because uh, she's not being, you know, like used to being like, you know, I'm a, I'm a newsome and people know and care what it is. So she hates it there. Um, and at one point she starts to lose her shit and she lashes out at her, one of her sons who require, requires hospitalization for two days after that. But we don't know exactly what she did and it's kind of conjecture that she did something to him. So, Well, you don't get hospitalized for yelling. We know that. No. 
like, did he just fall? She said that the other kid knocked the uh, the food <laughs> chair. Futon? No. <laughs> you know, the word with that big rattan chair? No. High chair. Uh, thank you. Over. But we don't know. The what if the high chair. chair was a big rattan chair? <laughs> just picture it in your mind. Real oh. high, small, but with a big round back. And cute. flammable. Okay. <laughs> It's the 70s after all. Um, but no charges are ever filed. In 1979, Susie's like, you know what? I'm going to BRB back to North Carolina for a minute to visit my family. I'm taking the kids. I'll be right back. Gets there and is like, JK, Tom, I want a fucking divorce. Go, we're, not, we're not coming back. Hmm. Um, and then she, and she also says she wants full custody of the kids. And Tom is all the way in Albuquerque. Uh, it sounds like he was a good dad, but he agreed to sign over custody of the kids. They're now four and three wanting to not like fight with her about it. Um, Okay, then, all right, so Susie's also obsessed with China for some reason. Not for some reason, like, China's lovely, I'm sure, but we don't know why she's obsessed with China. The place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dishes. (laughs) The place. Okay. Great question. So she decides, I'm going to, I want to move to China and teach English out of nowhere. And some speculate that maybe she was in a manic episode and was just like later date because she fucking just took the kids and moved to China. Wow. Yeah. And then after six months realized she hates it there too. (laughs) This is... (laughs) This is like me and my first five apartments in Los Angeles. (laughs) Oh, me too. I don't like it here. It's not my fault. (laughs) Um... So she comes home after six months, but when she gets home, her mom is, her water flinging mom is freaked out because she's like, she's dirty, malnourished, and, uh, and like something ain't right. You know what I mean? So she, uh, she's like, you need to see a doctor, like something's wrong with you. Well, it just so happens that they have a doctor in the family. Okay, dun, dun, dun. That's how rich people do it. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. Fred Klenner is a well-known and widely respected doctor in town. Again, fucking family people in town. Um, <laughs> town townies. Townies is what we like to call them. <laughs> he, um, depending on who you ask, though, he's either a fucking lunatic quack or a total genius. And uh, it, it was one of those things where, like, he in the, like, 70, or, like, really early on gave, helped birth triplets and then the mom didn't die and the babies didn't die, which was like a feat back then. You know? <laughs> wow. So everyone was like, he's amazing. <laughs> um, and in the 40s, <laughs> which is a thing that's been happening for 2,000 years. Right. But okay. So, uh, so he, in the 40s, he experiments with absorbic acid, which is vitamin C, becomes obsessed with it as a treatment for a ton of illnesses, um, including, and he starts to use it on every patient, including patients with polio, multiple sclerosis, even a toothache. He was like, everyone gets vitamin C. Vitamin C. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he was a little bit like vitamin C and wouldn't give them any other medications. Oh. So he was like obsessed with it. Um, and he Did became, it work? I don't know, because he became... Became world renowned for his treatments. Yeah, but he didn't cure polio. No, he absolutely vitamin didn't. C. No, he did not. Okay. <laughs> and his over reliance on vitamin C also made other doctors be like, "This fucking dude," you know. 
they like didn't like him. They na- they called him a fraud all the time behind his back. Oh, and um, at the doctor's club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, he had some real problematic uh, practices, including um, he wouldn't he would use a needle stable sterilizer instead of using new needles every time he used them. So oh. he just throw them in the old like you know I, I don't know like the combs and the blue liquid at the exactly. barbershop. <laughs> <clears throat> no, sir. He just like I'm just gonna dip these in vitamin C. They'll be fine. <laughs> so he would use a needle like for up to twelve patients. No. Uh, me and all the heroin addicts agree that you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and he was a doctor. And and then you're like, well, maybe it was this old timey thing. He also had a segregated segregated waiting rooms. And you're like, well, that's what it was like during the, that time. Nope. Into the eighties. No. Both of these things he did. No. 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 Uh, so this was the uncle that Susie was like, I'm not doing well. Let me see this fucking dude. Oh, it's him. Okay. That's him that she goes to. Her okay. mom's like, go see this guy. Let him straighten you out. And he's cutting up oranges. Hey, Susie, welcome. <laughs> I like the perfect solution. He's crushing and snorting vitamin C pellets, <laughs> tablets. <laughs> Lining up Flintstones all across the thing. <laughs> I've got a whole treatment system for you. 10 million strong and growing. <laughs> and growing. You guys remember. <laughs> yeah. We're not above it. We're not above making commercial references. That's absolutely right. Okay. So she goes to this doctor. He starts treating her. Uh, and while she's there, she starts to get acqu- reacquainted with her cousin, who's the doctor's son. And he, he's, no, he's uh, Frederick, but his name is Fritz. And he's known as a uh, young Dr. Klenner. They call him that because he's like his dad. He's like his dad's sidekick. He's going to fucking medical school. He wants to be doctor too. And like everyone loves him. I have a photo of him. There he is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Steven said he looks just like Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> he does. If Henry Zabrowski was a Greek fisherman, that's what that's. <laughs> Look Jesus. at that arm, amount of arm hair. Hand hair, I mean. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... Are we sure he's not a gorilla? (laughs) I love you, Dr. Zayas. (laughs) You know how he got all that hair? Vitamin C. All right. Now, was he wearing the doctor's jacket before he actually became a doctor? Well, let's talk about that. Or did he work for Lancome? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I mean Clinique. Shit. You know this one. Okay, my slip is slipping the wrong way, and I feel like I'm dangerously close to... We just readjust it. Thank Thank you. you so much. All right. Well, so yeah, he fucking essentially walks around the clinic with his dad in his lab coat, like being his assistant, taking blood and shit, because he wants to do blood studies. Uh, Turns out he's a fucking lying liar who lies. What? About everything. So Fritz, uh, like his Fritz. dad, Uncle Doctor, uh, it gets really confusing, so I think it's helpful to Uncle Doctor. Uncle Doctor. Uh, Fritz is a little, Fritz and Uncle Doctor believe that the apocalypse is nigh and like they're totally hold survivalists. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was just getting okay with the vitamin C bullshit. <laughs> No, these are fucking crazies. I mean, unless they're right. But uh, their timing is off a little bit yes. if they're right. So, okay, sorry. So Uncle Doctor even like had a date that he thought the end of the fucking world was coming. And they were like survivalist preppers. 
and they had a visceral hatred of communism, and they had a fixation with Hitler, especially Fritz. A yeah. fixation plus or minus? Yeah, that's a good question. Fixation like that, damn Hitler. I don't know if they're just like, I need to know everything. I feel like a fixation, I feel like if you hate Hitler, great. But you like wouldn't brag about that. So if you have a fixation with Hitler, it might be positive. It's going to be positive. Right. It's a great question, though. A lot of problems here. <laughs> Lots. But now we know how they decorate the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> so Fritz did go to the University of Mississippi, but he never graduated. And his dad was like, what the fuck? And he was like, well, the, the German club I was in turned against me and like, <laughs> and like did this whole thing about like the communists. And his dad was like, okay, I believe you. We hate, you know, ah. That's you know. what I told my dad when I dropped out of Sac State. <laughs> So Germans. But then he was like, but don't worry, Dad. I am going to go to Duke University for my medical degree. A very prestigious university. Duke University. You know the, um, the screaming, their mascot, the screaming. Oh, the this, this screaming. <laughs> it's hard. I was, I'm so sorry because I was about to say hillbillies, and I did it. I, I really... I, I come from the poorest of the poor. I don't... And it's also, like, one of the best colleges. It's, it's very, very prestigious. Uh, not only could I have never have gotten into it, but, I, no, they wouldn't have let me touch the, like, en- entrance application. Yes. So, well, maybe it's very fitting that I call them the Screaming Hillbillies. That's fine. They're like, you're double not allowed to come here now. <laughs> Um, Shit. Just causing problems wherever we go. International incident. Okay. Why don't I stick to animals? It just... <laughs> you gotta stick to animals. That's, improv no, panic. Good. Improv panic. <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah. yeah. It's scary. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. Boop, 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 boop. You did good with the wake borders. Thank you. But that's because wake was in the name of this college. I disagree. So the... <laughs> I swear that it was in the name of the college. I swear. <laughs> Sidebar. Okay. Okay, so Fritz was like, don't worry, Dad. You went to Duke. I'm going to go to Duke and get my medical degree, and it's fine, and I'm going to school to be a doctor, so I'm going to wear this lab coat around your office and, <laughs> and get blood from you. Uh-uh. He's not going to... He got kicked out of the fucking University of Mississippi, and now he's absolutely not going to Duke. I feel like you should have to get a license for a doctor's coat yes. in the same way you have to get them for any other thing that could trick people like into pet, trusting you. Like a pet, uh, uh, an anxiety pet <laughs> thing that they get? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You can't just bring your dog in here and yeah. have to have a doctor's coat on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like... <laughs> I like, a, I like a dog in a doctor's coat better than it's when pretty, I was say. I mean, that would relax you if you saw a dog. If you're on a plane and you're fucking shitting a brick and you look over and there's a corgi with a little doctor's coat on, you're fit, you're fine. Oh, you're well, done. Stethoscope. <laughs> but he, but the, the huge oh. beard. <laughs> Large watch. Oh. Okay, so Fritz, well, when he's saying he's going to Duke University, what he's really doing is hanging out all day at everyone's favorite place to hang out, gun stores. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. And this... I was just thinking about the guys who work in the gun store who were like, pro- like, that 
Fritz is the crazy one in this. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, they, you have to be sick of working in a gun store. Like, I just want to work here. And, the, and then there's like the crazy dude who hangs out there all day. Yeah, in a doctor's coat. In a fucking doctor's coat. In a doctor's coat with um, the thickest beard you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the everyone at the uh, gun store hears these crazy stories from Fritz, including him telling him that he was a Green Beret in Vietnam, and that he's also working for the CIA. Guess what? Spoiler alert. Those things aren't true. Yeah. I feel like the second someone starts talking about working for the CIA yeah. in a gun store, yeah. they should be like, oh, and we close right now, actually. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and pull down these metal window coverings, yeah. and you can go ahead and get the fuck out, Dr. Mm. Vitamin C. There's a panic button, and there's a, I just said I work in the CIA button. <laughs> CIA button? Yeah. That actually contacts us, the real CIA? That's right. Come get your boy, CIA. <laughs> it's a gun store. It's very dangerous. Um, so he totally believes in the apocalypse. He stockpiles weapons and other items for the end days. Um, and then, uh, so, okay, so Susie, Susie, cousin Susie, starts hanging out with her cousin uh, Fritzy <sighs> all the time, and they, like, they become friends again. Like, they had known each other when they were kids, but didn't really have any, much in common because she wasn't into fucking guns and ammo, <laughs> maybe. Uh, and she starts spending a lot of time with him. She, the ki- she starts bringing him around the kids to spend a long time with him. He, they take, they like kind of admire him because he's, they think they believe his stories about being in the CIA and being a Green Beret and being a doctor. Like she believes all of it. They take the kids camping, all this crazy shit. Um, and then Aunt Judge Susan Sharp is like, I'm going to look this guy up and <laughs> yes. finds out that he's bullshitting all of it. Um, and then the family's like, you know, we don't, why is he spending so much time with his cousin? And why is he spending the night all the time? That's right, they fucking. Uh. So they're like, uh, the family is like, you guys, like, and also like, they're already like, are you sure this isn't a creepy pasta? <laughs> this is fucking out of control. I know, I know. Yes. Okay. I'm positive. Okay. Um, so I'm positive. She says with her doctor's coat on. I assure you, <laughs> this is a real. True and I'm crime. in the CIA. <laughs> the family is already like that's like out of a family of fucking famous people. Like those are the crazy ones. Like we all know them, Eliza. Uh, <laughs> no, she's like sh- she knows I'm the crazy one. Um, beep boop bop. The family's like, Susie, you gotta stop hanging out with him. And she's like, fuck you, I'll do what I want. Moves into her own. That's Susie. Out. That's Susie. And yep. she like doesn't believe them. She thinks they're all lying. And Fritz is like, you know, kind of uh, making her really paranoid about stuff because he's like, I'm in the CIA. I, I know things and like tells her things. I don't know what. Um, he's like, underground is better. Stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, he's played by Harry Hamlin. Yeah. Who's that? Oh, did you watch Mad Men? Yeah. You know, later on when the guy with the big glasses came and he's kind of like good looking and a dimple in his chin. What did he play? It's Lisa Rinna's husband. Oh, next door neighbors. No. Real. Nope. Real housewives. (laughs) Nope. He's he's a real housewife. (laughs) He's like most interesting house husband. (laughs) Um, That's who plays him. So Kelly McGillis and Harry Hamlin are fucking. And then I want. I wish I had my phone. You, if I showed you a picture of Harry Hamlin, Harry Hamlin, you know exactly who it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's. Can, sorry. Can one person just say the TV show that he's known best for? L.A. Law. LA Law. Shit. 
Thanks. You guys actually were very organized with that, you and were. I really appreciate it. It was like the eight strongest people in the front were like, I'll take it. LA Law! <laughs> nailed it. Uh, Fucking nailed it. They, they did it, and too bad for them. I don't know what the fuck. No. <laughs> I remember my mom watching it as a kid and being like, this is the most boring show. And it had the word law in it, and it was in a courtroom, and I was like, I don't want to, I want to watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, it was very like, this is what adults do while yeah. you're at school. Like, yeah. who gives a shit? But Harry Hamlin is, you would recognize him because he's insanely beautiful, almost like a woman, but his eyes are very small. Hmm. Sounds great. Okay. Uh, those tiny eyes. Tiny, tiny eyes. That's what Karen eyes. loves a guy. Love a guy with a great head of hair and I'm teeny, like, tiny, beady little eyes. Just little, the smallest possible eyes on a man. Does he look like our doctor? Um, not really. Okay. Doesn't matter in made-for-TV movieville. Okay. Okay, so Fritz's paranoia starts to spread to his cousin lover, Susie. She becomes... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she becomes convinced that her ex-husband husband Tom Lynch is going to take her sons away from her, mm. which isn't wrong because he's trying to get uh, visitation rights for them and to see I them more. I would hope he was doing something. Yeah. I don't think anyone kind of realized what was going on yet because he was keeping, uh, she was keeping her kids from Tom all, all the way over in Albuquerque. Um, and she, so she even further limited contact with the boys than there already had been. Phone calls are super brief. Any letters and packages that uh, Tom or Tom's mother, remember who hates yeah, Dolores, who hates sure do. her, were thrown right into the trash. And they would say to the kids, like, if, they, if the mom, if the grandma, like, sent cookies, she'd be like, they might be poison. <sighs> and would, like, throw them away. Yeah, real shitty. Really? Really shitty. Um, and Susie then made all these legal hur- hurdles so that Tom couldn't see the kids. It's rumored that Aunt Judge Susan put some of those, you know, into place. Oh, no. It was just like a little bit like... I thought she was the voice of reason in this story. She's, there really isn't one. Okay, shit. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a voice of reason, I think it's Tom's um, family. Mm. So... Because Dolores wasn't wrong, it turns out, in hating Susie. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, da, da, da. So Tom, uh, like the, the court made it so that when, when the boys would fly to Albuquerque to stay with their dad, that they wouldn't travel alone and made them, him buy Susie a, a plane ticket there to drop them off, there to come back, there to pick them up again. And he was pl- you know, paying alimony and child support as well. Wow. And starting his dental practice. Um, so it was really hard to see them, but he wanted to see them more, uh, but under the agreement that he had already signed way back when, before shit went cuckoo, he could only see them on holidays and several weeks each summer, which is hard on a kid. <laughs> yeah. That's what we did, and it was, it's not fun, you guys. That sucks. And we didn't have to fly anywhere. My dad lived across the street. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucked. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> about it in our book um, <laughs> good plug good plug thank you it's real depressing no it's not it's fun da, 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 da. okay so so by the time Tom is able to actually spend time with the boys he has a new wife named Kathy and they see the kid I think kids after I think like two years of not seeing them and they're like holy shit like these kids look fucking underweight dirty hair they're, they're all unkept, unkept nails kempt um, thank you. And Tom, and then they, when they get to Albuquerque to spend time with them, they're like, "These are the vitamins that our that Uncle Fr- that Fritz makes us take, Ugh. and we have to take them, or we get in trouble." So they have to take vitamins, but Moan makes them take a shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, because Fritz is fucking obsessed with vitamins too, and he would carry them around in his doctor's bag. And anytime someone's like, I have a you know sprained ankle, he'd be like, Take these vitamins, which I think like nowadays is okay. I have a, like a good friend. Whenever I'm like, What's wrong with me? She like take these vitamins, and she's right. But does she wear a doctor's coat? She doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I also go to the doctor, <laughs> the real doctor. Um, so, uh, uh, oh, where am I? Kids. Then, then, okay. So the, Tom's like, okay, fuck this shit. I'm gonna, I need to like work harder to get uh, these kids in my custody. Yeah. And yes, you um, do, Tom. Things have gone on long enough. He finds out about this cousin Fritz and that they're spending a lot of time together and all this shit. Meanwhile, okay, so meanwhile, Doctor, the real Doctor Klenner, Fritz's dad, dies, which sends Fritz fucking even further off the edge of Lunaticville. Um, so June 1984. Here we are. The bodies of Tom's mom, Dolores, remember her? Yes, I do. And Tom's sister, Janie, uh, are discovered by a friend in their home in Prospect, Kentucky. So Dolores is found... That was sad. (laughs) (laughs) Also, anyone who's new to this, she's not applauding because the bodies are found dead. She's applauding for Prospect, Kentucky. She loves Prospect, Kentucky so much. Yes. So Dolores is found in the driveway, shot in the back, and and then in the head at close range, almost like someone was like laying in wait for her because when she got home from I think church, um, and then um, then her and da, 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 her body had been there for at least a day, and then they the cops followed a trail of blood inside and found Janie, Dolores's 39 year old daughter, who. It, by the bl- the blood trail, could see where she was running and hiding, like she was being fucking chased. Ugh. It's bananas. Um, but finally, she had been shot in the neck and killed. And there had been um, there had been it made to look like a robbery as they do. And one, but one of the detectives look, took a look at the scene and said that this was a hit. The pro, a pro took these people out. Um, but it looked like a, a robbery. But once months went by, and the detectives couldn't figure out who had killed the women. Um, and during one of the visits to the house, investigators found s- several palm leaves arranged in crosses spread around across the floor. Mm. So someone's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so Tom, of course, is fucking devastated by the murder of his mother and his sister. And Susie's mother, Florence, the cold water lady, she feels awful about it too. So she, call, you know, she gets in touch with her former son-in-law and sends her condolences. And they kind of start exchanging notes on the shit that they've been separately dealing with with Susie because Susie's been crazy to her family too. Yeah. And they start exchanging notes, and Tom's just like, "I just want to get, uh, I just want to see my children. I know that you know, with divorce, a really important thing is for the parents to get along and for the kids to have, you know, the mother and father." And Florence, Susie's mom's like, "Fucking absolutely." So they. St- uh, start to team up together a little bit. And Florence Newsom and her husband Bob, Susie's mom and dad, then agree to testify in court on Tom's behalf. Oh, shit. Which Susie fucking isn't okay with. It's temper tantrum time. <laughs> exactly. Okay. There's not enough cold water in the fucking world. Suddenly, suddenly, after 40 years, that heart murmur is back with a vengeance. That's right. Okay. So, okay. That, but, but Susie. Uh, insists that she needs to keep sole custody of the boys because, as the cops said, she thinks that Tom's family is involved with the mob. The cops said it was a hit. 
And she's like, so Tom's family was involved with the mob. I, Tom can't have the kids. Uh. And she also, uh, Fritz convinces her that, um, that Tom over in Albuquerque is uh, like doing drug running shit and like the kids can't be with him. She's just like paranoid as fuck and believing all this crazy stuff. Uh, and she knew all of that because Fritz told her about it. So the hearing this, this is scheduled for the week of May 26, 1985. But about a week before, on May 19th, three more bodies are discovered in northwestern Winston-Salem. So the first two bodies were Bob and his mother, Hattie, who had been shot. So Bob is Susie's dad mm. and his mother. They had been shot. And then the third victim, uh, who the killer had shown far much more hatred and killing was Florence, Cold, Coldwater Florence. Right, the mother. Yes. So she had been shot and stabbed, and her neck had been slit. God. So, yeah, someone was fucking pissed at her. So she was discovered, she had been posed in a praying position, too. Yeah. Creepy. So creepy. So, fucking little bit of trivia. Next, the next-door neighbor was just like, how could this happen to the Newsoms? The next-door neighbor was Maya Angelou. What? <laughs> Don't worry, she didn't do it. <laughs> this fucking story yeah. is left turn central. I have never in my life taken so many left turns. It's what like, in the living fuck is going on? Totally. And still I rise. That's when she wrote in Still I Rise. Right? Because out of tragedy comes art. Um, okay, so the cops are investigating. They find out about the, um, these other parents in the same family, like, family area who had died the year before. They were like, this is fucking weird. Um, and they find a friend of Fritzie's who also lived in the area named Ian Perkins. So he's questioned by the Winston-Salem detectives, and he was like, okay, I have something to tell you, and this is weird. <laughs> he goes... Everybody said it in that voice, too. Okay, I have something to okay tell look, you. I have something to tell you. Listen, I'm going to level with you. Fritz... Turns out, he says, Fritz is in the CIA, and I helped him uh, with a hit he had to do. Oh, no. He yeah. fell for the CIA bullshit? Yeah. And he also immediately cracked when, like, local cops questioned him, too, which is like... And he wanted to be in the CIA so badly, which is why he helped Fritz, but, like, I think he immediately lost his membership. No. Probably. <laughs> when he cracked. I was going to say, I hope he knows you don't get into the CIA from your hometown. It usually doesn't work that way. Snitches? The saying isn't <laughs> snitches get into the CIA. <laughs> That's right. It's something else I can't remember. Yes, I can. So, da 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 da. Okay, so Fritz had confided with Ian that he worked for the CIA and that he needed Ian to help him. He had given him, he had been given an assignment to wipe out a communist cell. So basically, what he told um, Ian is that he needed to get him to drop him off at a location and come back and pick him up an hour later and he was gonna make the kill. Um, and if he did it, he would put in a good word for him at the CIA. <laughs> Because it's mostly, uh, it's a merit-based system, but they, they do take strong recommendations That's right. at the CIA. That's right. So uh, basically, uh, Ian drives Fritz to the Old Town neighborhood of Winston-Salem, drops him off a half a mile from where Bob, Florence, and Hattie lived, uh, and an hour later picked him up and uh, said that the mission was a success. And that was the night that, that shocker, he killed. Yeah, got it. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Okay. 
So Ian was like fucking flabbergasted when he found out that Fritz isn't a doctor or is in the CIA. And so he agrees to wear a wire talking to Fritz. So he does it a couple times. Um, and uh, Fritz doesn't admit it, but he essentially is like, everything's fine, don't worry. And then he met with him on June 3rd, at the final time. And um, he told Ian that he would write out a statement for him saying he had nothing to do with the murders, which essentially was the only real confession he gave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said... Uh, Fritz said before he left, I've got things to do. I won't see you again. Uh, And he fucking (laughs) drives off in his blazer. And then he pulled his doctor's coat over his head and just stood there (laughs) pretending he was gone. Because this motherfucker is insane. (laughs) Okay, now... (laughs) I don't see... I'm gone now. Did it work? (laughs) Now she gets fucking bananas. Okay. Now? Yeah. (laughs) Is my Angela coming back? Please, God. Okay. Fritz drives off in his blazer. You all right? Yeah. (laughs) And of course, a bunch of unmarked police cars follow him. They've been following him. They've been fucking eyeing Susie's house, Susie's apartment. It's in uh, Greensboro. Wonderful area. Uh, uh, Friendly Avenue. Best street. Tell best them your address. What? Why do they? I said best, oh. best street in Greenboro. Yes, everyone knows that. So detectives had staked the place out, and they, when fucking Fritz gets home, they see Fritz and Susie running back and forth in their apartment, loading up supplies into the blazer. And then detectives see little John and Jim, who are 9 and 11 years old, taken into the blazer. They're wearing camo. Um, Scary. So, I mean... And fashionable. Yeah. I mean, I have to say in the 80s, every 9 and 11 year old boy I had ever met in my life wore camo all the yeah. time. It was kind of a thing. But it's a... It's, yeah, but it's, there's a CIA element to it that we don't like. It, it's problematic. It's a problematic. So the blazer takes off with the family in it, and the fucking law officers are like, pursue him. And finally, when they try to get the car to stop when they're at an intersection, um, Fritz spins the blazer around, fucking later days in the other direction. Before they know it, he's pulling a fucking 9mm Uzi submachine gun from the window and firing it at them. One officer gets shot in the shoulder and the chest, but his wife... I'm sure at one point he was like, my wife's such a nag. She makes me wear a fucking bulletproof vest all the time. And then later he was like, I love you. I'm sorry. I'll do everything you say from now on. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So he's shooting at the fucking, uh, everyone in pursuit of him. There's civilians all over the place. One lady fucking apparently dives off her um, lawnmower. (laughs) My Angela. It was my Angela. (laughs) Please. Just for the sake of the movie we're writing together. What what poem does she write when she's hiding? Uh, Never mind. Me and my lawnmower. I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't a good one. I wasn't going to bring hillbillies back up, though, so. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Chase continues, and they head toward the the farm that his family had near Eden, and he kept that place stocked with weapons and explosives. Like, that was their fucking end-of-days bunker that they were headed towards. Um, The officers remain in close pursuit, and uh, so later what's said is that they see some commotion or struggling in the cab of the vehicle, um, and then two shots went off followed quickly by the entire fucking blazer blowing the fuck up. Oh, my up. God. 
Um, the blast is so powerful that the blazer was lifted off the ground as high as the telephone poles. Oh, shit. Before slamming back down. So Susie had been sitting on top of this bomb, and I, it's hard to tell if they detonated themselves or if the shots that were fired was what maybe, I don't know, does anyone know bombs? It blew it up, right. you know, triggered a thing. I bet it was number two. Yeah, yeah. and I bet, like, it's, he sucks. He can't make great bombs, probably, <laughs> you know? That was the one thing he was good at doing. Um, so her, she was sitting on the bomb, so her, he, but, so her lower body is gone. I mean, she's fucking dead. Um, obviously. Do you want to, this isn't gory, but do you want to see the? Well, I mean. Oh, fuck. See, this is when I'm scrolling late at night going, what murder should I do this week? I don't know what murder. And like looking at photos and I see this and I'm like, what the fuck? I have to do that murder. How bananas is that? It's insane. And that's like a, like a street that people, that's like. It's a street. Yeah. <laughs> There's the record crate. Okay. Um, it's awful. Uh, Fritz is thrown. Dan Davidson, who's the lead detective from Kentucky, runs to him and he tries to get a confession from him, but he can't get him anything before he dies. Well, sorry. Fritz lived? He got... No, he dies, but he was alive. Oh, and when he... Tried he to, oh, yeah. like on the scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, Shit. Okay. You know, Fuck. Uh, that's crazy. So he dies too. Um, Jim and John are found dead. They each had a shot in the head, those two shots that were fired. But even before that, it was determined that they had been given cyanide. Fuck. And Susie, before this, had said to her friends, like, I don't know what I'll do without Fritz. I have cyanide, so if anything ever happens to him for me and the kids, like, she was so obsessed with him, and, like, he had been, ha- he'd been, like, had other girlfriends, one of whom he, like, had, when she dumped him, when he tried to get her to do a suicide pact with him. So, like, he was fucking nuts, and, and so she was she. She was yeah. 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 So, um, it was discovered that their mother, Susie, was the one who shot them, but that seems debated and, and hard to tell. Um, detectives, uh, later found evidence that Susie had participated in the murders of Dolores and Jane Lynch, wow. her ex-mother-in-law. Um, there's lots of people who criticize any and all of the four jurisdictions that were of law enforcement who were working the case for not stopping Fritz sooner, like when they saw the kids walking to the car. But when they, uh, look, when they looked in Susie's house, I mean, there were guns everywhere, so this could have ended up this way no matter what. Right. That's um, the worst-case scenario, actually. Yeah. Ended, yeah. Right. So uh, Aunt Judge Susan is also criticized because she made it harder for Tom to intervene with the boys' welfare. That's just conjecture. I don't know if that's true. Um, and to her death, she denied that her niece had anything to do with it and was just a victim of Fritz. But even with the evidence to the contrary, she wouldn't listen to it. Um, finally, Tom Lynch, the dad, refused to ha- let John and Jim be buried in North Carolina. So they were laid to rest in New Mexico, where he said was the last place they were truly happy. Ugh. And that's the bitter blood murders. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's so much more fun when, when the uh, doomsday preppers just keep on prepping and everything's just kind of okay. <laughs> it's so much better. There's got to be a large percentage of them that that just happens with, right? Right. That they just prep forever. They just keep on prepping. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do we have time for a hometown? It has to be fast. Vince, I, is it I the fast at, signal? Vince went, eh, we kind of have time. Let's say hi to Vince really quick. Hi, Vince. Hi. Tour manager. Okay. 
We have you. We have a let's keep it tight. He is managing this tour. Thank you. Yeah. And us. Are you taking that mic? (laughs) Keep it tight. All right. So who's the least drunk person here (laughs) who has a hometown? I guess the person who's swinging her sweater around probably, isn't it? (laughs) That's her shirt. Should we pick, should we, how are we going to do this? Just you guys know it. the rules. Just do it. Oh yeah, you know the rules. Um, you can't be too drunk. You, it needs to be a good story um, worth listening to. It needs to be short tonight. It has to be really quick. Okay. So if you have some long thing, zip it. It has to be a quickie. It's her, yeah. Okay. But you're, fa- you are, I said, is it quick? And she goes, I promise and double finger cross. So you're in fucking trouble if it's not. You're... Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, she's drunk. No, she's not. <laughs> Here, let's sign this. <clears throat> I am not even drunk. Yeah, right. Okay. Still. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hug me. What's Hi. your name? Hey, Anna. Hi. Anna. Oh, my God. So amazing to Hi, meet Anna. you guys. Amazing. Nice Turn your to phone off. You're not I'm allowed not to read. Drunk. I'm a mom. You're so. not allowed to read. Do you need that? Uh, no, just like, well, maybe a little no. She brings her wallet. Now. Do you not trust those guys? Or <laughs> you your mom, know. you got to carry everything. Okay. <laughs> All right. Where are you I, from? Uh, um, I'm from Scotland, North Carolina. Okay. Tiny town. What's it? Tiny I, Scotland Neck. They're all Scotland from Scotland Neck. Here. Scotland Neck Halifax up in the balcony. County. Okay, quickly. Yeah, this is fucking terrifying. Isn't I it know, nuts? Right? Yeah. So um, crazy. Sorry, heart's being fast. No, all right, mine well, too. Uh, so. Long story short, uh, <laughs> my mother's first cousin, uh, Elizabeth, um, known as Libby House in Scotland Eck, um, well, she, she got hitched, and she moved down to Georgia, and this was kind of like a debutante lady, very southern, very sweet lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, she moved on down, and um, husband... Uh, you know, I don't know. Their relationship was weird. There was some sort of rumors going around saying they had a very open marriage. That was kind of very not done. Odd. Yeah. yeah, not done in this area okay. at all. And so um, that was going on. And then he had a business, and uh, she was uh, part of the bookkeeping. Uh-uh. And um, so she started. Uh, embezzling money. Okay. <gasps> Two million dollars. <gasps> Without him knowing. A lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. Lot. Two million dollars. So she's embezzling money and um, he goes missing. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's like, where is he? And they're asking her and she's going, oh, you know, he's in the hospital. <laughs> and he's taking some time. Mm-hmm. Or he's coming back sometime. Uh, they don't know when he's coming back. And so that's kind of where she screwed up there. So she, she didn't have her story straight. Mm. Uh, turns out, uh, during 4th of July, during the fireworks, she went and shot him in the head a couple of times. <laughs> like I during the fireworks times. to like hide the noise? Yes. Yeah. <gasps> yes. This is, I'm telling you guys, this is from a, we're in a really small town, okay? Yeah. This is a place where this kind of thing doesn't happen. Like, so she definitely, I mean, this was, I don't know if it was planned. It couldn't have been planned. How could anyone do this? <laughs> well, the $2 million had to be planned, so I feel uh, like. Yeah, yeah, that probably had something to do with it. Yeah. But anyways, um, so, so three shots in the head. Um, so 
everyone's wondering where this guy is and uh the police are absolutely asking her now at this point her his family's wondering everyone's wondering where is this guy and uh turns out he is buried in the backyard (gasps) um this woman was five foot five she was 115 pounds uh this her husband six six five something like that 240 took her uh (laughs) This is a terrible, terrible thing. It's all terrible. (laughs) That's why we're here. It's all fucking terrible. It is. Uh, But it took her two days and two trips to Home Depot to get her get him. (laughs) She dug it herself. (laughs) Okay, so what? How did she get caught? So she she got caught because her story her story wasn't straight. The the police realized that yes the. He's not around. Uh-huh. He's not coming back. There's $2 million missing. What's happening? And so they zeroed in on her, um, basically, because her story was a straight. People were asking where he was. Um, and she was sitting in the car. And the worst part about it was when they went to ask her, um, why, why did you kill him? What happened? She said, um, I wanted to save him from the embarrassment <gasps> of me embezzling the money. Oh. So I just killed him. <laughs> And then buried him, so it's fine now. Oh. In a way, is she in jail? (laughs) She's in jail. For life? Uh, Yeah, well, I don't know what her sentence is looking like, but I called my mom. (laughs) It's your aunt and it's your mom's sister? Yeah, well, my, yes, uh, my mom, but my my actual mom, who I call my mom today, this Mm -hmm. is my mom who has passed away that is related to her. Anyways, I called her, my mom who, my mom who I call my mom now, who's the town gossip, she knows what's up. Love it. I was like, hey, I was like, Give me some more on Libby because I'm going to this cool podcast show tonight and I gotta know the deets. And she was like, uh, she was like, yeah, um, yeah, don't make her sound bad. <laughs> and I was like, I won't make her sound any worse yeah. than a murderer. <laughs> yeah. That's oh my amazing. God, that's amazing. for watching my baby tonight. Oh my god. Oh my god. Thank you, Dangle. We're giving you a poster. These these posters. Look, you get a present. Thank you so much for doing such a good job. (laughs) We're not tied. I think that should be the new thing in the rules is what? Jesus swallow. You guys were scaring the shit out of me. I honestly thought you were yelling walrus. I swear to God. (laughs) Wallet. Does she have her phone? Yeah. All right. You guys, the first night of our fucking fall community tour. This is amazing. You guys. Thank you so much. You've been a truly, a truly perfect crowd. Honestly, Durham, you nailed this shit. saying in the dressing room before you got ready you know we know we have to hurry up but we really love this job yeah. we're so fucking grateful that you guys like this podcast so much we're so grateful for your
your constant support, and we're grateful how much you guys love each other. It yeah. means so much to us to watch these murdering our communities grow up, and th that you're all meeting each other and hanging. It's just the fucking coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, and there is a there is a hangout tonight after the show at the Layers of Dignity is they're holding a fundraiser at the Full Stream Brewery. So let's go fucking go there after and raise some money for a great cause. Yeah. And also stay sexy. And don't